Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. We continue in 2 John, one of the New Testament postcards, Truth Wrapped in Love. Here we find that John, the elder, the Apostle John, had lived a long life and experienced more than most men would experience in three lifetimes. Age and authority put John into the elder category, a category that should make us take notice and want to learn from the senior citizen. He had been with Jesus. He had leaned on Christ's breast. He had taken care of Jesus' earthly mother Mary. John walked with Jesus for three years, watching him heal the blind, hug the children, and weep over those who rejected him as the Son of God. John had a life message. As a young apostle, he was wrapped up with giving the truth and love. As an elderly apostle, he continued to be consumed with the same message. Give the truth of God with the love of God and watch God change us to want more and more of him. Love, truth, and obedience seem to make up the foundation for the Apostle John's life message. In all three of his epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, John sings these same three principles over and over. There is a cycle of godly living that these truths can bring to a mature Christian walk. Warren Wiersbe, in his commentary on 2nd John, states, It is by believing the truth in Christ and in the Word that we are saved. The evidence of salvation is love and obedience, but love and obedience are strengthened as we grow in our knowledge of truth. We speak the truth in love, and we obey God's commandments because we love him. Obedience enables us to learn more truth, and the more truth we learn, the more we love Jesus Christ, who is truth. Instead of living in a vicious circle, we live in a victorious circle of love, truth, and obedience. That's from the Bible Exposition Commentary. Bible commentators disagree as to whether this epistle was written to an individual mom and her kids or to a local church with young converts. It is probably best to view the elect lady and her children as a local church that John did not want to personally embarrass by giving its name. Also, I doubt that John would have talked so freely of his love for a specific mother for fear of rumors. Now, the church is often referred to as the bride of Christ, and John could have written this letter in hopes that of it being passed around to the small house churches throughout Asia Minor. On a side note, John also wrote the final book of the Bible, Revelation, and specifically mentions the location of seven of these local churches in that area. Do you remember them? Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Now, just for fun sometime, read about each of these churches mentioned in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 and see if any of them kind of remind you of your own local church. Well, John wrote, "'Whom I love in truth.'" There is nothing more encouraging than to know that you're loved. John, the apostle of love, wanted to emphasize his love for these Christians who are being deceived and despised by others. The truth or this truth could refer either uh, to the gospel message itself or the way that we should love a genuine, sincere love. Christ left us an example of true love as he willingly gave his life to die for our sins. If Jesus had been pretending or insincere, he would never have died for us. Obeying the gospel by repenting of your sins and accepting Christ as your personal Savior supernaturally puts a true, sincere love in your heart, both for the Lord and for other believers. John may have been thinking of what his bold friend Peter wrote regarding truth and love. Peter describes such love as sincere purifying, fervent kind of love. 
Such love cannot be faked. It's real. It's genuine. It is the same kind of love that both Peter and John experienced from our Lord Jesus himself the three years that they walked with him. John encouraged these young believers by explaining that they were not alone in this Christ-hating world. Everyone who knew and accepted the truth of the gospel was just as concerned for them as John was. John, as the apostle of love, starts his epistle emphasizing the comforting and sustaining power of God's love. John, as the son of thunder, ends his letter reproving the deceivers in the church who were attacking God's truth. John was about to wage a mini-war against truth enemies when he wrote, And not I only, but also all they that have known the truth for truth's sake, which dwells in us and shall be with us forever. He obviously had already sought the counsel of others who love the truth. When standing for truth, get as many God-fearing, truth-loving counselors on your side as you can. I am sure John would have meditated on Solomon's counsel, on getting counsel, for by wise counsel— You'll wage your own war, and in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. With a heart full of love and a small army of truth-loving warriors at his side, John blesses his young converts and prays for God's best for their lives. Truth insists that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God the Father, sent from heaven and that only in him can we truly experience grace, mercy, and peace. He even prayed, grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and in love. Lord, help us like John to always wrap your wonderful truth and love as we reach out to others. Hey, our time's up, but I hope you enjoyed the meditation on Second John. But today is the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice, let's be glad in it, and I hope that you have a good day.